Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. that you had a, a couple of potential brainstorming things was that just one or, or is there more laying beneath the surface for you um yeah i don't remember what i was thinking at the time i think there was maybe three different things that i had going through my head and i picked one and now i don't remember the other two <laughs> well as we continue this conversation we want to recognize as well that there's uh, quite a few pitfalls and we've already been touching a little bit on some of them but jordan as we look at uh, wrapping up this month and this even this conversation for now, I, I'm under no pretense that we're going to just end and having be content saying, oh, we figured it out. Here we go. Um, as we continue this conversation, what are some pitfalls for people to be mindful of as we consider what we've been talking about so far this month? I, I think extremes are, are a big thing. Um, and as we go through all these different examples, I think you'll see how just going to the extreme can be a challenge in all these areas. And so this isn't like uh, it's something or nothing. It's a false dichotomy, but uh, we'll see the nuance here. So the first one is just thinking exclusively pragmatically. So pragmatically, pragmatism, you're focusing on what works, what doesn't, right? And if you're going to use that as the only metric, especially if you're not, if you're kind of fuzzy on what your target is, um, you can have some challenges. So for example, if you're measuring butts in the seats now like we talked about before an easy temptation because that looks good it looks glittery to the people who are supporting the ministry um but if that's going to be your approach whatever we can do to get people here we get back to the what you win them with you win you them to comment and what is the substance that they're getting on the flip side if we're looking at pragmatism and our heart is we want to give the students jesus and we're looking long term how many of our students are walking with jesus in their 20s and are in a congregation and are involved and are raising families or whatever the case may be. And we're looking exclusively pragmatically at that. And we see some kids that have wandered away. We might then question, is what we did sufficient when in actuality what we're seeing isn't anything where we've been unfaithful, but recognizing their will and individualism coming out and choosing possibly a different path. So we have... uh, we have our responsibility to be faithful with accurately um, in the best, most healthy way, communicating and living out the calling God has given to us. Um, but the, on the other side, we also have the fact that each student that we live with, kind of like the thing that freaks me most out as a parent, is that my kids are their own people. And at right now, we're in a stage of life where it's really easy to be like, hey, this is what, you know, this is what we believe, this is what we're thinking with, and this is what scripture teaches us. And there's not too many questions coming up. There's going to be an age where my kids are going to be processing this for themselves, and they're going to start having these doubts. They're going to start having these questions themselves. And they're going to be making, taking that ownership themselves. And, you know, that's in our, our body, we really focus on that as, as what confirmation is about. Um, but if we, we forget that and we're focusing only on pragmatism that can cause us to have some maybe inaccurate outcomes as we're evaluating where we're at in ministry. 
So another one, Dan, would be thinking defensively. So what do you, what is the pitfall of thinking defensively? Yeah. Well, I mean, this was something you added to the outline, so I'm going to be just trying to guess what... No, I... Which is why I asked you. <laughs> well, I'm done talking. It's your turn now. <laughs> Look at me getting defensive. <laughs> yeah. So thinking defensively is, I think, I think personally something that I've just observed in some of the churches that I've worked in. Um, speaking as a youth leader, somebody who has some ideas and things that we'd like to see trying to be accomplished, uh, maybe that's a little bit more of an emphasis on equipping parents. Uh, maybe that's shifting slightly a little bit of what we do with the programming on our Wednesday nights. Maybe this looks a little bit like uh, taking something that's really familiar that we're used to that is just fine, like, say... Um, in Advent service or our Lenten services. Uh, those are special midweek services that happen through the Lenten uh, year as we lead up to Easter. And as we look at that and say, you know, we are trying to look at how we can get younger families involved in the service. How do we get them to come? And that might mean shifting and changing what Lenten services look like. And I'm not. I'm. I guess I'm kind of picking this a little bit, but uh, because it's something we've been through recently. But there was not necessarily resistance that was spoken, but there was almost a hesitancy to say, "Why would we change our Latin services? Because they're fine. They work fine. People come to them." And I'm not saying that the resistance to have that conversation about changing it indicates that we're afraid to change. It's just the, we resist it because, you know, what we have right now might work just fine, so why would we change it? And uh, whether that be well-intentioned or not, I think the defensive nature of this is, uh, maybe this is a program or something that has gone on in the church for 50 years, and it's been the same person running it, and it's just blessed so many people, and uh, we, we're going to keep doing it, even though that might not be the stage of ministry that your church is in right now. That's not, this, this thing that's on the schedule doesn't reflect the season of ministry that you guys are in. So there's a little bit of defensive nature where it's, you know, this is my baby. Don't, don't, don't throw this out with the bathwater here. Uh, there's a defensive nature, again, in what we do is so wrapped up in our identity that if we put a pin in certain ministry programs or say, you know what, let's shelve this for a while and maybe we can come back to it. It seems like maybe we're also disregarding all the work that individuals have put into those things as well. And um, you know, that's not necessarily the intention. I, I'm speaking just objectively here. I'm not speaking <laughs> in, in any one sense, one way or the other. But the, the fear is why would we change who we are if what, who we are has worked in the past? And there's a danger in that because you're, you're not willing to be a little bit flexible with where you're heading, right? Like right now we're in the stage of putting Legos together as a family. Um, kids get Lego sets and things like that. And the mentality here as I'm drawing this illustration out is why would we open up a new bag of Legos when the bag that we have works? Well, you know, eventually you get to the point in the build where you need specific pieces 
and we need to look into different areas and we need to look at oh, here the pieces i can see it right there through the plastic that is the piece we need yeah well i don't know if we want to open that bag yet or not because there's a lot of little pieces in there and we want to be able to contain it and we don't really want to be able to approach this um until we're good and ready so we get defensive and we just kind of cling on to what we are used to a little bit more right and the joke in the lutheran church is what is this change you speak of right it's the thing you throw in the offering plate and <laughs> not talk about at church council so yeah i think thank you for laughing at that terrible joke i'm the one with the terrible joke this time Jordan. it was it was a two-layer one so. it was a two-layer joke yeah um i think the the issue with defensivity too is is i think this is where pride enters the picture and it's like you know, it, it's the humility to recognize that maybe how I've been doing things is wrong. And that that's a tough pill for any of us to swallow, really. Mm -hmm. You know, um, especially if you've been in a congregation for a long time or you've done it a certain way, uh, to have someone say, let's try it this other way, it's easy to say, mm, my way works, you know. So I think that's significant to that as well. Yeah, there's there's an element to the, the defensive... Um where you mentioned pride, I thought idolatry was the first thing that came to mind as well. An element of this picture where we've um, we've elevated uh, this program, this idea, this initiative, this thing that we're doing, an event maybe, whatever it happens to be, um, so high up um, that we can't even recognize the way that God has promised to work um, simply through the congregation, through his word. Um, so all of these are tools. All our ministries are tools to accomplish things, to accomplish discipleship, to to preach the gospel, to teach uh, the word. You, we'll, we'll go back to that Great Commission. I know that's come up in a couple previous episodes as well. Um, that picture of um, that we are called to spread the gospel, but to teach um, our people. Those are the important things. But the methods and the ways that we do them, um, those we can change. You know, We need to hold those loosely uh, while we hold tightly to the word of God. Well said. I think another potential pitfall, um, and I think this speaks to our humanity sometimes, is just thinking lazily. And what I mean by that is you really just don't think too much about it. You're just like, well, things are going on. It's not blowing up. Um, I appreciate Adam thinking through, like, long-term where the kids end up, but that's not what I'm, I'm just trying to get through today, so I'm just going to focus on today. And, you know, I think we can slide into that. Uh, and, and really, that is laziness when we refuse to engage with with evaluating and, and examining where we're at, what we're doing, what the the process is, and things like that. And burying our head in the sand doesn't really help us in this issue. And especially if we're focusing on um, ministering to the hearts of kids and and the gospel being at stake, recognizing again the role the Holy Spirit has in that, and we want to acknowledge that and affirm that the whole time. But um, God does call us to be involved and he does call us to be engaged in this as well and lazy thinking is is a pitfall in the conversation you know just that's for them to figure out things are fine here uh, i don't think any of us can really afford to to be approaching ministry in that mentality mm -hmm. i think thinking passively is also a, a red flag in this a possible pitfall um, this is when you're able to have these conversations with people and as you try and figure out and chart the way forward to figure out what destination you're trying to head to and as you brainstorm and, and process all of this, uh, to be able to have these conversations but then no action steps 
are are set and established. Like there's no progress to be able to be moved forward. Um, you know, you you have the destination, but then you don't really have like measurable goals that you set to be able to say, okay, give us the first few steps in how we start to accomplish this. Like, what are the? This is our overall goal, right? Let's just say making disciples. Um, one year from now, what do we hope to see? Five years from now, where do we want to be? Maybe even you know, ten years down the road, depending on. Um, you know, if it's achievable or not. And we don't really, in this pitfall, make the effort to have those goals because, you know, maybe uh, we just lack a little bit of the creativity, maybe a little bit of the uh, innovation that's required when you start setting goals. Um, you know, I, I struggle with this a little bit. I have ideas every once in a while, but, you know, when I'm with a group of people, then we're able to pull together what if we tried this and then that sparks an idea in somebody else but the pitfall in all of this is you can't just have the conversation and do nothing about it you have to have the conversation and and make steps to move forward in in some ways passivity is you being the leader and expecting someone else to lead so abdicating your responsibility and that's you know god has placed you in this position for a particular reason and so it's being the person and living out the calling that you have on your life, that's significant too. Um, and another challenge, and this might sound weird, uh, but that's thinking spiritually. And I, I have the quotation marks around spiritually, and that's when we uh, maybe just, it kind of maybe goes back to lazy, I, I suppose, but it's ignoring the results and ignoring what you could possibly do to improve them because you chalk everything up to God. So maybe this would be a fatalist or determinism. Um, depending on your theological stripe, this might be kind of where you are theologically. Well, like, God's going to choose you anyway, so my role's fairly minimal. But um, I think, yes, the Holy Spirit is responsible for the work of God in our hearts. And, and we recognize that, we affirm that, like I've already said. Um, but again, God has called you to play your part and to be faithful with the task he has before you. And um, like Adam had been raising up the question of, is there a better way to think through this? Is there a better way to do this? Are there new tools to uh, incorporate? And um, we can think spiritually and recognize that God uses his word in different ways, uh, but we still want to be active in that process as well. So, I am so grateful for this conversation. Um, Adam, I hope that you have enjoyed maybe being able to talk one-on-one about this a little bit more than just a Facebook story, you know, book kind of messages back and forth. Um, but so value your your conversation with us on, on content that we've put out with and just wrestling with that and um, encouraged too by your heart for kids and students, um, your heart for the gospel, your heart for the church. And uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord continues to do in and through you as you serve in various contexts that you find yourself in. And I realize I asked you a question and never gave you a chance to answer it. So there you go. Do you have any thoughts, Adam, as we start wrapping up? Anything that you wish we would have talked about that maybe you want to just chime in with something? Um, no. I think my, my goals and expectations for this conversation were were. Uh, we're pretty wide open, uh, but rather just, uh, I, I do think this is a, a helpful thing and I hope for other uh, individuals in congregations uh, who are 
have that vocation and whether it's a formal uh, paid youth director if it's a volunteer if it's a parent um, a church leader whoever it happens to be um, i hope these sorts of questions um, don't intimidate you uh, but that you can you know ask those tough questions too um, about as we are discipling our teens passing the faith on to the next uh, the next generation as we are called to do from from god's word um, how can we be effective at this and not just settling for the status quo and uh, not just going along with how things have been done because of tradition and that's how they always have been done but taking a look at those within our care that we are called to shepherd and how best can we care for them so yeah i appreciate you guys letting me come on and be part of the conversation and i think that you also adam really get a, a solid gold nugget of contribution when you're talking about this whole process and how it it applies to us individually is really on a congregation by congregation context. And, you know, you had an experience that was very different than Dan's and myself in being in a larger congregation. And even though Dan and I are both in smaller congregations, I bet that the whole um, maybe more agrarian reality for Dan shapes and shifts how he works with the people that he's working with. Um, there's something different about being a youper that uh, shapes That's how. That's for sure. Yeah, shapes the people <laughs> that I work. Not with even too. ministry related. There's just something different about being a youper. We don't have the same water that Tioga, North Dakota had though. There was just something in the water out there. So, um, I don't know. I you could find water, something in the water everywhere you look, I suppose. But uh, yeah. So as we wrap up, I'm gonna we'll give Dan one more time to chime in, and and then we'll just kind of send you on your way on there we go so dan yeah well i i guess i really didn't have anything else to add it's fun to be able to philosophize a little bit about uh, ministry to ask a lot of what ifs and to just even kind of break down ministry a little bit to crack the hood open see what's going on in underneath the hood of uh, your vehicle and i'm speaking mechanically for those that are <laughs> boy I i'm just I'm just falling apart. No, I'm I'm grateful to be able to have this conversation and to be able to process through. And it, it's fun to be able to do that. Uh, it is also uh, a challenge as well, where I think you're having, having the perspectives from other ministries shines a different light in your own, where you start seeing gaps and cracks and things that you would want to try and maybe shore up a little bit. So I've been really grateful for this time that we've been able to... Uh, converse it like this and to be able to compare notes and see where we're at with ministry and to try and make our ministries better. Uh, you know, not not just our ministries, but as we're working in our corner of God's kingdom to be able to strengthen other people in that regard. Yeah, and I, I think this one thing that highlights this too is just the um, nature of conversation with other leaders and not doing this isolated and alone, but the value of sharpening one another because as we've been having our conversation a lot of the things that adam's brought up has been making me think like i guess i really haven't thought too much about that well, let's process this and that's been helpful for me as well and uh just like dan said going back and forth and looking at different perspectives can be really great so be out there with others doing this journey together and uh stay faithful to god and his word know your why uh, may it be grounded in the gospel, the reality of Jesus Christ, the hope for our future. And with that, we release you to go and serve the Lord. God bless. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. 
You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.